And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. The race is on and it's another day, another statement. This time, it was the FIA's turn to respond to the seven non-Ferrari-powered teams' demand for more information on the notorious settlement following an investigation into the Italian manufacturer's 2019 engine. But does it say enough to satisfy the disgruntled teams? Or will there be more twists and turns to come in this saga? I'm Ed Straw, and joining me to dissect this latest step in the controversy is Glenn Freeman. Now, before we start, I should say that we also released a podcast yesterday following the statement Ferrari's rivals put out, so this is effectively a companion piece to that. We'll avoid going over too much of the same ground and stick to this kind of latest step. So with that in mind, you might want to listen back to what we had to say uh, to say in yesterday's podcast about this, And uh, although we will touch on some of the same ground. But here's what the latest FIA statement has to say. The FIA has conducted detailed technical analysis on the Scuderia Ferrari power unit as it is entitled to do for any competitor in the FIA Formula 1 World Championship. The extensive and thorough investigations undertaken during the 2019 season raised suspicions that the Ferrari power unit could be considered as not operating within the limits of the FIA regulations at all times. The Scuderia Ferrari firmly opposed the suspicions and reiterated that its PU always operated in compliance with the regulations. The FIA was not fully satisfied, but decided that further action would not necessarily result in a conclusive case due to the complexity of the matter and the material impossibility to provide the unequivocal evidence of a breach. To avoid the negative consequences that a long litigation would entail, especially in light of the uncertainty of the outcome of such litigations, and in the best interest of the Championship and of its stakeholders, the FAA, in compliance with Article 4, brackets 2 of its Judicial and Disciplinary Rules, decided to enter into an effective and dissuasive settlement agreement with Ferrari to terminate the proceedings. 
This type of agreement is a legal tool recognised as an essential component of any disciplinary system and is used by many public authorities and other sports federations in the handling of disputes. The confidentiality of the terms of the settlement agreement is provided for by Article 4, brackets 4, of the JDR. The FIA will take all necessary action to protect the sport and its role and reputation as regulator of the FIA Formula 1 World Championship. So Glenn, that's it. Case closed, done and dusted, all forgotten, right? Yep, absolutely. We can end the podcast there and we can all go home and not have to record one anytime soon. I think what's actually going to happen here, Ed, is that uh, you and I or you and Scott or you and Mark Hughes, whoever you can get your your hands on, so to speak, are going to be talking about this over and over again. In fact, you're flying to Australia quite soon, aren't you? Do you think you'll have strong enough Wi-Fi on the flight to uh, to call into someone? Because there's going to be so many more developments in this in, in the next few days. And I feel like every statement that comes out just, just fans the flames even further, whereas I would imagine in the FIA's case in particular, they're kind of hoping they could douse the flames a bit, but it doesn't feel that way at all to me. Yeah, at the current rate, I can see myself recording a quick podcast in the uh, in the uh, toilet on the on the plane at this uh, this rate. Maybe maybe you'll be on the plane with somebody useful that you can talk to about it. Is it you know, are you uh, are you taking the same route as Mattia Bonotto? Well, that's a good question. We do often run into to similar people on our, on our flights, so uh, so who knows? Especially with all the travel chaos going on, people are going from strange strange places these days. But yeah, the there will be another step in this. This will not satisfy the seven non-Ferrari teams one little bit, I wouldn't have thought. The only thing we should say is they did also write privately to the FAA. Maybe they've got a more comprehensive explanation there, but but I doubt it. I think reading between the lines of all this, well, not even reading between the lines, there is a settlement agreed. So that will have been a legal binding settlement, won't it? So the FI might have backed itself into a corner in terms of confidentiality, what it can reveal, because that will have been very heavily legaled and worked on. I imagine this settlement is not going to be a back of a napkin and a couple of signatures, is it? This is going to be a, a fairly uh, well-worked-out and rigorous uh, document. We don't know what that is, should we, we should say. So, yeah, the, the real question is, what do the other teams do now that they've had this answer? And, yeah, it's it's not satisfactory. So what what do you see uh, see coming next other than yet more statements? Yeah, I think on the timing, it's actually quite interesting as well. I'd imagine that a statement from the FIA, which is one body, you can turn that around quite quickly as they have uh, today. Getting seven teams to put a statement together, all agree to it and sign it, probably takes a bit longer, which is why we had the delay between the first statement from the FIA and the team statement that we had this time. So I'd imagine now all the teams, maybe they second-guessed what they'd get from the FIA. I I found it quite interesting how much the FIA has has defended the route of confidentiality with Ferrari. So they're clearly going to try and not give too much away here rather than, I think we speculated on the last episode, Ed, that maybe they put out the first statement as a kind of line in the sand and they knew they were going to have to step over it at some point. But they really seem to be sticking with their position and not trying to move. That might be because they're being stubborn or it might be, as you've suggested, because they have no choice because it's a legal agreement. But we can be certain that there is more to come from the seven teams on this. It's just a case of how long it takes them to to all agree on what they want to say next and how they want to apply the pressure next because there is no way this statement that we have now gives the teams what they want and they are going to keep pushing and keep pushing, aren't they? Yeah, of course they will. They're, they have to. There's too much at stake here. Looking at the uh, at the statement, the main things are the FIA has now officially confirmed that it was suspicious that they had its suspicions that Ferrari was operating outside of the outside of the rules with its power unit at times last year. It hasn't said that before, although that was 
clearly the implication, or should we say the inference we took from uh, what they said previously. Uh, they've said explicitly that it would not necessarily be possible to prove to prove it legally. It would be a very, very complicated uh, process. So they basically said, yeah, well, in fact, they said the material impossibility to provide the unequivocal evidence of a breach. So they basically said, yeah, we think something was happening. We can't prove it. Ferrari say not. This would be very, very complicated to pursue. And then it's very interesting that they've gone down this line of really heavily defending the the kind of private investigation. So it's private investigation and then a private confidential settlement that's agreed with Ferrari, presumably legally binding and, and very watertight. And they said, yeah, this is a standard uh, uh, standard disciplinary system used by many public authorities and other sports federations in the handling of disputes, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. So, yeah, they are allowed to do it. They are allowed to do it that way. But as we talked about in the last podcast, it's not very transparent, is it? This is a sport. There's lots of stakeholders. There's fans. There's sponsors. There's potential sponsors. And I'm not really sure it's satisfactory still to keep that one under wraps. So I'm sure the teams will press on that one. I'd love to know what they got out of Ferrari in this settlement because it's clearly something they now really have to protect whether that was whether that was information maybe maybe it was financial we just don't know but yeah the FAA is determined to to not try to break ranks on this and it's going to be really interesting now to watch the seven teams the non-Ferrari powered teams just keep hammering this because they are just they are going to keep chipping away at that brick wall and until they get away through I think and I would imagine you picked up on the most interesting part of this statement, which is the FAA finally putting in writing its suspicions about the Ferrari engine. And, you know, whenever you see the FAA saying things like not operating within the limits of the FAA regulations at all times, that's those are pretty bold words to be putting in a statement. Obviously, it's a shame that they couldn't, or they felt they couldn't prove it. But for them to have gone that far, I think they were hoping that that was enough of a nugget and an admission that, yeah, we're kind of on your side to the other teams of we suspected them as well. And then they're sort of going, well, we've tried and we can't prove it. It's almost them holding their hands up and saying, what more do you want us to do? But the teams are going to respond to that and say, well, tell us what you do know. Yeah, even if you can't prove it, at least tell us how far you got and what um, what you did find out or what you think you found out. And you could maybe argue that the terms of the settlement itself could stay confidential, but I think what the teams really want at this stage is to hear the findings of the investigation because it went on for a long time. Absolutely. The teams will argue that they are involved in this, they are part of this settlement, and therefore they should be privy to the confidential deal. They said in their previous statement that we brought this to the FIA's attention. The FIA's own disciplinary rules say that they don't have to make it public to third parties and the other teams will argue, well, we're not third parties, we are part of this. And quite justifiably so. And of course, it's not just the teams at the front, you know, Red Bull will be thinking, well, should we have finished second in the championship? That would add extra money. Mercedes can't move up a place in the championship, but they could have won a couple more races, perhaps. So yeah, it raises some question marks over what happened last year. And even the the teams further down, because I think whatever happens, we, we probably couldn't argue that McLaren should have been beating Ferrari in the Constructors' Championship. But there's two Ferrari customer teams out there. And we should say that this very specifically says it's an investigation into the Scuderia Ferrari power unit. So it's specifically Ferrari. If there was something going on, you might say, well, it wouldn't have been going on on the customer supplies anyway. But if you're a team that's been battling with Alfa Romeo or been battling with Haas, you might be thinking, hang on a minute, 
does that does this touch on this as well so yeah there's there's very very many aspects to this and i think the fia trying to kind of tough it out i understand why they're doing it they may be as i said backed into a corner with what they've agreed but this statement where they they, they they conclude it saying the FIA will take all necessary action to protect the sport and its role and reputation as regulator of the FIA Formula One World Championship, which is quite a it's a thing it didn't really need to say. So they're aware that it's it's kind of come under attack for the lack of transparency in the way it's dealt with this. So that that's also interesting as well that the FIA is positioning itself for a little bit of a fight on on that level. Admittedly, that's in response to the teams mentioning things like governance and transparency and uh, transparency and integrity in their previous statement. Yeah, there are ways you can interpret that. And actually, as you were talking, I was reading the statement again. Of course, I was listening to you as well, Ed. But um, that that line at the bottom that you just read out there, I wondered if that was the FIA maybe being aware that this isn't about to go away. You can look at it two ways. You know, there's the there's the version you've put forward there. I also wonder if it's the FIA kind of putting a flag out there saying, look, we realise that we have to protect the sport and our own reputation. And I think the FA's reputation as the regulator of the championship uh, is is going to be under scrutiny now. I think that's one of the things the, the rival teams are going to go after. There's there's no question that the teams, you know, I, I think our, our journalists, yourself included, Ed, have probably been in contact already with the teams and the early reactions that are filtering through to, to us at the, at the race in our sort of news desk hub, if you want to call it that, is that, the teams are just as outraged by this second statement as they were by the first one. And they don't feel they don't feel that the FIA has given them enough. And there is a feeling, I believe, that this does call into question in those teams' eyes what the FIA has been doing and, and its ability to regulate the championship. So I, th- I think that that's, I assume it's in there deliberately, but it's definitely left the door ajar for something else that the teams are going to go after. Also, regardless of what's been done to try and stop any further potential breaches of the rules, if they were happening, the teams can't take it on faith that that, that loophole's been closed. They will want to know all the details that the FIA's privy to about what may or may not have been have been happening. And well, surely they need to know what they're also not allowed to do. Yeah, I, I would they, assume that any rules have been rewritten with this in mind. But they could say, you've got to tell us what your investigation found and what you're going to be policing more strictly and why you're going to be policing it in that way. I think that's completely justified. And it is usually what happens in F1, isn't it? There are loopholes. Sometimes people exploit them for a little while. But when they get closed, my understanding is that communication goes to all the teams saying, we've been asked about this or we found that this team was doing this. You can't do it anymore. And here's why. Yeah, definitely. And I think... The thing is, some of the teams have their theories about what may or may not have been happening, and some of those theories, particularly those relating to could the the, the fuel flow meter sampling rate be being gained in order to give yourself sort of spikes where it isn't being measured specifically. Obviously, the sampling rate is massively quick, but there are there there's a theory that you could you could kind of get around that. If that was to be being done by anyone, that would be that's not a grey area. That's flat out beyond the rules. Nobody could do that and think that that was legal because it just it just isn't that's not a gray area that's just flat out so they might think actually it was so egregious that, that, that they don't need to be uh to be told not to do it but they need to know exactly what the what the situation is and i think that again is where it comes back to transparency and that's why this is going to run and run because the fi has admitted there's a settlement and as soon as there's a settlement there'll be something written there'll be some kind of formal agreement that's there 
and they're open to legal challenges to disclose that by interested parties. I mean, you'd have to speak to a to a lawyer specialising this kind of thing to, to to understand exactly how difficult it may or may not be to get access to that. But as you've just said, the teams have a right to know and understand at least some of what's been going on with this because it's it's so far reaching. So, yeah, I don't think this is going to going to keep anyone happy. And crucially, it's not delivering on the intention of the FIA to be transparent. Sports have to be better than this. And if I was a potential sponsor or race promoter or whatever, I'd be thinking, well, actually, is this something that we should be getting involved with? So it does also have very, very wide repercussions that that stretch beyond just the sporting to the commercial, you know, the whole financial uh, aspect of the sport. You know, it's not going to bring the sport crashing down, but it, but it's it's a big blow and it's a big question mark that people look at and go, huh, what exactly is going on here? Yeah, and that comes back to reputation, I think, like you mentioned. It, obviously, the FIA is talking about its own reputation for, for running F1, but F1's reputation and its credibility is at stake here as well. And on the uh, on the point about the FIA basically getting to the point where it couldn't come up with, or it knew it wouldn't be able to come up with firm enough proof of what Ferrari are doing, unless it is that fuel flow uh, issue that is you know, being tackled with the the new sensor for this year that the teams can't get access to. Unless it's anything else other than that, from a competitive standpoint, if I was a rival team, I'd want to know what Ferrari may or may not have been doing because I'd be interested in how do you do something that the FAA can't prove that you're doing? So I just think that there's so many, the more statements we get the more information that emerges on this the more things you realize we need answers for it's no longer a straight there's an agreement tell us what it is there are layers and layers of details appearing every single time this gets spoken about in public and as you've said there must be communication going on behind the scenes as well but it's fascinating the way this is playing out and as i said yesterday i think the timing of this on the on the eve of the new season is a brilliant controversy to for us to get our teeth into and uh I don't think it's anywhere near its conclusion yet. No, very much so. And if you look again at the statement, there's one. There's an interesting word in there that we haven't really spoken about. There's this this bit where it says that they decided to enter into an effective and dissuasive settlement agreement with Ferrari to terminate the proceedings. Now, dissuasive is very. That's the important. first time we've seen that, isn't it? Exactly, because dissuasive basically means they've the settlement will make them change what they're doing. So don't do it again. Exactly. So effectively, implicit in that settlement, I would draw from that and i hate to add i haven't seen the settlement i wish, wish i had done i'd be uh, I'd probably be much more interesting on it if i if i had but that means the settlement they do agree to stop doing something either to stop doing something or whether it's agreed to stop doing something if they were doing it but they say they weren't anyway so it doesn't matter so you know that's again significant the devil's in the detail on all this and uh it's pretty strong and, and i think we should also say from ferrari's perspective it's not very good because they they say that they were committing no no uh, no breach of the regulations etc. They can't prove it. So there's no that well or rather they don't have their day in court. So there's no kind of we've had a case they've been proven to be innocent or whatever. They haven't given the FIA the chance to publicly prove that they were illegal. So it's very very unsatisfactory when you get a settlement like this for Ferrari as well because there'll be Ferrari fans out there who won't want to think that the team is is flat out breaking the rules. And going beyond even exploiting grey areas, which, as I said before, got no problem with grey areas. But as soon as you get into the black and white, that's a problem. So, yeah, th- th- this is unsatisfactory for Ferrari and Ferrari fans as well as everyone else. So I don't really know who's satisfied with this. 
the only thing I will say is a little bit of sympathy for the FI. This is hugely complicated. I imagine it won't have gone down this this path lightly, and maybe they thought this was the least worst course of action. However, while it may have been in a less high profile enterprise, if it wasn't a, a global sport, perhaps it would have been the right way of doing it. But I personally think that the standard to which you have to hold yourself when it comes to governing a, a major international sport that that is this important to so many people, you've got to have a higher standard beyond just what your what your articles and your rules and your judicial and disciplinary rules allow you to do. So difficult position for the FIA to be in, but we can't judge if they've taken the right course of action because we know very, very little about what they have done. Yeah, it's a bit worrying. I, I agree that there is some sympathy for for the FIA and that this is clearly very difficult to police, but it's also a little bit worrying that if F1 technology has got to the level of complexity where the governing body can't really find out what it wants to find out or can't prove what it wants to prove it's one thing to be doing something and then when you get investigated you it gets found out or it gets cleared up that's fine but if we're heading into an era where people can be able to do things and even when they get fully investigated we can't find out what it is that would be a worrying sign for me if i was if i was the faa and i suspect that's one of the things the other teams will be concerned about because it's great if you're the team doing something that they can't prove and I I disagree with you slightly and I don't think Ferrari will be bothered about having to prove their innocence because they can quite happily say well they've had a look at it and they can suspect all they want but if they can't prove it then uh, you know innocent until proven guilty so I don't think Ferrari will care but everyone else will worry and Ferrari could worry in the future because this means what happens the next time somebody comes up with something potentially ingenious and even though people suspect it is the FIA getting to a point where it's going to become powerless to police these sort of things because they're just so complex no definitely they've introduced a second fuel flow meter which as we said in the previous podcast the teams can't access the data to so the idea there is you can't game that if that was to be what was happening so some action has been taken but yeah it does call into question whether it can be correctly uh, correctly monitored and correctly uh, correctly checked so that that's a that's a serious problem to the credibility as well yeah and let's just say if it's that fuel flow meter issue then it's resolved in terms of the future and i can only assume that the reason there won't be sanctions is because it's one of these things where we we think this is what you're doing we don't have proof of it but we know how to prevent it in the future but we can't do anything about proving what you were doing in 2019 so if that's what it is, then I sort of understand where all the various parts of this story have gone. And for 2020, it's over with. But again, the teams need to know that that's the area the FIA is working in. And that's the area that it's focused on. Because for all we know at this stage, it could be something something completely different that the FIA thinks it was looking into or thought that it may have found. And that it might be something that the other teams haven't suspected at this stage. And yeah, it's it's one thing for us on the outside to want this clarity, but it's so important that the rest of the grid, as soon as possible, get to know much more about this. And I worry for the FAA that they're tied in knots now, where they have an agreement on one side, they have pressure on the other side, and in the middle they're going, this would have been so much easier if we could have just proven it. Yeah, they they kind of ended up 
a little bit in between a rock and a hard place on, on this one, but something's going to have to budge because there's going to be ongoing movement. The seven teams will not be satisfied by this. So there's going to be lots more on this. So do do keep checking out uh, therace.com and don't forget the hyphen when you head there for all the latest on that. And if more things happen, we'll probably do yet another podcast. You might want to listen to our, our previous podcast as well because we touch on some of the issues in, in greater depth and the need for transparency, etc., and why why this matters. Actually, if you have a look on the on the the race website now as well, there's a there's a Mark Hughes piece on on this entitled FIA's Ferrari engine row is now a pantomime, in which he describes uh, the whole episode as an extraordinary call and response pantomime, which is uh, a great turn of phrase there from Mark Hughes. That's well worth a read for a, a wider look at uh, at that one. Uh, and obviously, we'll be back with more podcasts. Uh, the next one might be a might be our season preview, although it might be another thirteen mini episodes on uh, on further uh, on further statements. Who knows? Let's see what the next forty eight hours brings us. So, thanks very much for joining us, and yeah, we'll be back with more very soon.